Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Wow, this crowd looks like they're awake today. It's good to be in the house of God today, man. We want to welcome those that are watching via your gadgets today, your internet, your phone, however you're watching today. Pastor Jesse Buffett coming to you live from Oklahoma City here at Mosaic Church. Hallelujah. One of the fastest growing churches in the nation. Amen. I always want to thank Pastor Mark today. Pastor Mark Anthony Crow down at Bell and Water, I heard, uh, somewhere down at his condo. But he's doing well. They say that's going very well. And he has left the sheep with me today. Said I could beat you any way I wanted to. He knows better than that. We came to show love. Amen. Amen. I'm excited to have my family with me today, wife and grandkids and my daughter. Amen. So God is an amazing God. It's it's so different when I'm preaching at a a church or doing men conferences around Oklahoma. uh, When I'm behind prison walls, I know that there's someone that needs a great exchange, and that's the series we own. I told Pastor Mark I would... Travel along those lines today, talking about the great exchange. Jesus came to give us life for all sinful death we were living. Amen. And so he came to do a trade out, and uh, we want to talk about that today. But behind prison walls, I, I know that they need an exchange. They're all walking around with gray uniforms on and, and name tags, and they, they need help. So it's easy for me to go back there and know that they need help. But sometimes when you come to a place like this, we, I can get up here and look out you at, at you all right now and just say, let's just go out with a shout. Everybody looks okay. Everybody looks saved and happy and whole. Amen. Amen. We come to church and we put our little mask on and we hide behind it and then we go home the same way. I pray today we'll, we'll take it off for just a moment. Amen. Amen. Because I know all of us have something that is going on in our lives. And so today we want to talk about the great exchange. It's so different uh, in a place called prison, but uh, I've been back there for 24 years or something like that, a long time, and so I know when I walk back there that they need an exchange. So try and figure out in your heart today what you need to give God and let God give you in place of it. If there's pain, he wants to give you healing, amen? If there's hatred, he wants to give you love. He wants to trade out, and believe me, when he trades with you, the trade really isn't an even trade. You're getting a better deal, amen? And so today, we don't hear this song very much anymore. I want to go along those lines about the great exchange. It says, there's a song that we used to sing, I'm trading in my sorrows. I'm trading in my shame. Y'all remember that song? I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. I'm trading my sickness. I'm trading my pain. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. That's a great exchange, amen? And I remember coming out of Flagstaff, Arizona years ago, and my life wasn't where I know it should have been. From a little boy, my parents had raised me to love God and serve God. Mama taught me how to pray, and, and, and even when I didn't feel like praying, I, I knew how to fake it, amen? But, but I, I gave my life to Jesus in an 18-wheeler coming out of Flagstaff, Arizona. He really touched me, and I, I gave him my old life, and he gave me a new life, and, 
And it's been a journey ever since to try and hang on to it, amen? And it's not complete yet. It won't be complete until the preacher said ashes to ashes, dust to dust, amen? And I know some of y'all are like, oh, don't say that. Well, it's going to happen one of these days, amen? Everybody wants to see Jesus, but nobody wants to die. And that's just the way it is, you know? So today we're going to talk about the great exchange and... I want to talk to you how God takes our chaos in exchange for a life filled with destiny and purpose, direction, and fulfillment of our last days. I believe that the rest of my life is going to be the best of my life. Amen. And we have to learn how to trade things in. And I, I want to say to you that are, uh, are wanting to be preachers or you in leadership or you got those would-be preachers that are watching saying, man, I want to get up there and I want to preach. And let me tell you something. When you're a preacher, a man of God, you literally have to really take control of your life because the world is watching you. Amen? And you really can't hardly make any mistakes because everywhere you go, someone knows you. Everywhere I go, Pastor Mark did this to me years ago when he, when he introduced me to, to media and introduced me as a, as a part of his life and put me on stage and, and put me in a place of where I was in the, in the limelight. Nobody knows you behind prison walls except the inmates. And so Pastor Mark has put me in the limelight, and everywhere I go, someone knows me. And so I have to walk very light. I have to walk in a manner in which uh, it honors God. Amen? Amen? And the reason I do that is because once a preacher fails, nobody wants to give him restoration. It's like, dude, you are supposed to be like God's man, and you failed. Get to the back of the line. Y'all ain't going to help me. I know I'm telling the truth. <laughs> and so this is why I try to hang on to my integrity and my, and my love for God and walk in a place where, you know, you got you to gotta just hold on to what God has given you. I, went, I was at uh, Long John Silver the other day, minding my own business, getting me some fish. I was hungry. I get up to the line after I put my order in. I drive up. The lady opens the window. Pastor Jesse, hey! I'm like, man, I can't go to Long John Silver. <laughs> People know you there, and I was walking through the mall, and, and I'm minding my own business. Some lady come running out of the jewelry store. Pastor Jesse, how are you? Remember me? I was in prison. I said, they let you work around the diamonds? How many of you know that's a great exchange? <laughs> From can't trust you, I got to put you in prison. From prison to working around the diamonds. Somebody say, won't he do it? God is a good God, amen? And so today as we, as we find our way over to Hosea chapter 3, this morning I want to add to what Pastor Mark has established in the house that God takes our chaos and he gives us something in place of it. And he talked to us about Hezekiah when Hezekiah was sick and he sent a messenger to Hezekiah and say, get your life in order. Remember Pastor Mark talking to us about that? Say, get your life in order for you're going to die. Boy, that's some doomsday news right there, huh? But something happened. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and began to pray. And I'm just know that prayer changes things. And so as Hezekiah is praying, the Bible says he turned his face to the wall. He didn't go play ball and he didn't go to the mall. He turned his face to the wall. And God heard his cry, man. And God says, go back and tell him that I'm not going to take his life. I'm going to add 15 years. 
And so I came to tell you today that the same God that can add is a God that can subtract. And so I thank God for that, that God changed his mind because prayer changes things. But today, I want to talk to you about the greatest love story that I believe that's ever been told in the Bible. And it's talking about Hosea and Goma. Goma is Hosea's wife who at one time, he had gone to fetch her out of a place called whoredom. She was a harlot. Some people call her a prostitute. Uh, some studies say she was a harlot. And uh, one, one version of the Bible says that she was a whore. And if you're from my town where I grew up, she was a hoe. <laughs> and so all of that's nasty. Can I get an amen? amen? And so I just wanted to draw you a picture of where they have this woman placed. And so God is saying to him, let's look at chapter 3, verse 1. In Hosea, it says, the Lord said to me, go again. Somebody say, she's at it again. And so Hosea is at it, and Goma is at it again. She's, for some reason, she's lost her will to do what is right. And I don't know how uh, Goma decides to go back down to the, to the brothel. I'm going to make it nice for her today. I don't know why she decided to go back down to the house of ill repute. I don't know if it's because she wasn't reading her Bible, or maybe she was watching Dr. Phil more than she was watching Christian TV, or whatever it is she was doing, or maybe she was listening to negative things, or maybe she just reverted back to her old ways. I don't know how she got back to that point, but there is a place in your life when you know that you're headed down, and you're going to have to do something about it. I don't know what drove her back to that life, but the Bible says that she went back to that life. And so now she's gone back to that life, and I can just see Hosea wondering where she is. She's never stayed this long. She's been gone two days now, three days. I have no idea where my wife is. And so Hosea has is, is got a, 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 a task to do now to go again. Somebody say, go again. go again. And he says, not only do you go again, but I want you to love a woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery just like the love for, of the Lord for the children of Israel who looked to other gods and loved the raisin cakes of the pagans. How many know that God loved the Israelites and that God loved the nation of Israel? And this is an illustration of the love that God had for Israel that was, was chasing after adultery and adulterous things. And this is a type and a shadow of the love that he had for them. And so he uses Hosea and Goma, and he says to them, I want you to go again. And so I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver. Now, I want you to understand something. When he told her to go again, he stops in the middle of that and says, I'm not sending you, there, sending you to see if she's in a relationship with another man. I'm telling you before you go, she is right now in the very act of committing adultery. They got on Barry White and in the background. They got on some Teddy Pendergrass right now in the background. Turn off the lights. Light a candle. Come on, somebody. I wish a man would try to light a candle in my house. <laughs> Y'all still here? Can we have a little fun? And so he says, so you might as well be ready because it's already popping off when you get there. Now, that's a pretty nasty place to be, amen? And not only does he listen to the word of God, it says in verse 2, he says, So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver and one and one half homers of barley. 
and 15 shekels of silver plus one and one half homes of barley, it equals 30 pieces of silver. And Exodus tells us that that is the absolute price of a slave. And Judah sold Jesus out for how many pieces? So you as a slave, you are at least worth 30 pieces of silver if you own the devil's chopping block. And that means that you're worth something. And so I want you to think about this in those days. I don't think that Hosea wanted to go and get his money purse out at that time because he may have had a meal payment. Come on, somebody. And he needed his money. And so he's now been told to go and buy her. And he said in verse 3, and I said to her, he's talking to her now when he finds her. He says, you shall stay with me many days and you shall not play the harlot, nor shall you have a man, so too will I be toward you. He's bringing her home. He's telling her what she's got to do before she comes back home. He's just telling her, I'll bring you back home if you do what's right. Boy, it ain't like some of us. We'll get on our cell phone and say, hey, your clothes are laying out on the lawn as we speak. <laughs> oh, y'all ain't going to help me right there, but I know I'm telling the truth. Oh, y'all would throw a brother out in a minute and a sister. Especially a woman with you're just slang. If you don't know Jesus, you'll just throw it. She'll come home, all her stuff on the lawn. Can I get one woman to say amen right there? <laughs> and so he got all this going on, and he's supposed to go back and love her. And then he goes on to say in verse 4, For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king or a prince, without sacrifice or sacrifice pillar without ephod or teraphim. And then he says, And afterwards the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. And they shall fear the Lord and his goodness and in the latter days. My assignment this morning is restoration, not replacement. I'll say it again. The body of Christ has got to learn to restore and not replace. Now, there are some categories that may go way beyond this, but most categories in our life and in a place called church, I believe that we can restore and not replace. You see, God says, I'm a God of new beginnings. And that is my motto behind the prison walls, that God is a God of new beginnings. And so what he wants to do with you is he wants to restore you, opposed to replacing you. Can somebody help me right there? And the body of Christ really needs to get this in their soul, that you need to restore and replace. Not, not replace, but to restore. You know, I, I, I've learned over the years, I love my son-in-law. I, I love him, man. I, I love my son-in-law. God taught me how to love him. I, I love him. I will go as, to the end of the, I will go till I can't go anymore. Now, God had to teach me that, but I love him. He is the father of my grandchildren, and he is the husband of my daughter. And I had to learn grace. I had to say, God, I want to be a, a, a father-in-law of restoration opposed to a father-in-law that preaches uh, restore, uh, uh, to replace. Are y'all still here? I love him, and I'm claiming him right now for the kingdom of God. Amen. I'm claiming him that someday he'll stand before the multitudes. Come on, let's, yeah, let's give God some praise right there. 
And you know why I'm claiming him? Because my little Isaiah. Isaiah, stand up and wave at us over there. Stand up and wave at us. That's why I'm claiming him. Because that's the next generation. Amen. And so I've learned to restore or opposed to replace. And so he said, Hosea, go again and find her and love her. And oh, by the way, she's with a lover as I speak, committing adultery. And can you imagine Hosea now has got this heart-wrenching assignment to go looking for his wife. And I can't imagine Hosea knowing where to go because he don't frequent these places. Now, she's been there before, but maybe things have changed. And I can just see Hosea saying, God, where do I go? I, I don't know where to go to find her. I don't know where these places are. I'm a man of God. I don't, I don't go this place. I don't know where to go. Occasionally on MSNBC, I see something about it, but I don't know where to go. Are y'all with me today? So he's got an assignment to go and find her. So if I'm like Hosea, I'm going down to the fish market. Maybe she's there. I know about that place. Maybe she's over at Walmart. I don't know where to look. And finally, someone says to Hosea, no, you need to go that way. And Hosea finds himself going to find his wife to show love. And as he's coming up on this brothel, he's coming and he sees a woman that's on stage and she's in chains and she's now up for bid because now she's on the devil's chopping block. And Hosea now sees her, and God has told her to go love her. And oh, by the way, she don't look the same as she did before she left. Can I get an amen? amen? That long, pretty hair is matted up now. Her eyes are bloodshot. Everything is drooping. Nothing is pouted out. Can I get an amen? <laughs> I thought at least two men would help a brother right there. Y'all scared me up in here. Nothing was happening. She didn't. I could just see Hosea saying, go, whoa, whoa, hold up, whoa, whoa, whoa. That cannot be my woman. The devil could have never brought her to that place. This cannot be my wife. Her breath reeks of alcohol. Her eyes are bloodshot. She doesn't smell the same. She doesn't look the same. She won't even hold her head up and look at me. That cannot be my wife. And the man says, you know what? By the way, she is not your wife. She's mine now. But then God says, go ahead, Hosea, and bid on her anyway. Can I get an amen? amen. You see, that is, that's what frustrates me in the body of Christ. We have got to start restoring opposed to replacing. Can somebody say amen? amen? And I'm not talking about our situation or anybody else. I'm talking about, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's who I'm talking about. I'm talking about a worldview, not just the church, not just us and what we're going through. How many of us believe that Pastor Mark has been restored already? Can I get an amen? I believe that with all my heart. And I'm here to help him stay that way. Can I get an amen? I didn't come to tell him what he thinks he needs to hear. I came to tell him what he needs to hear. Amen. I look him in the face. I say, I know you the boss, but you ain't all that. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, between ourselves and meetings and Pastor Rick and doing our thing and Pastor John and all of us together, coming together, trying to collectively be all that God has called us to be. And you're talking about when I look at that group on Monday morning in a meeting, I go out laughing. I go, God, this is all you could find? <laughs> this is it? Me included? Are you serious right now? 
Do you know how jacked up our lives were before you came into our lives? And he's saying, that's why I saved y'all for such a time as this. That's why I restored you for such a time as this. That's why I brought prophecy through your life, Pastor Rick, for such a time as this. And all of you, under the sound of my voice, if you hadn't come, you need to have come to extend grace to, to a man who has fallen and is on the rise again. Can I get an amen? That's why we're here. You are extending grace and you are extending mercy. And thank you for being a part of this great big thing that God is already doing, not about to do. He's already doing it. And so back to Gomer. And here she is over here now, and he's looking for her, and he's found her now. And there she is standing there. And he looks at her, and he goes, sir, that's my wife. And the man that's got her on the chopping blocks goes, no, no, no. I don't care who you call her. I want you to go get in line and put your bid in. She's not yours anymore. She's up for bid. And the Bible says that everything in the earth and the fullness thereof in Psalms 121, it says that it belongs to God. So if it belongs to God, why in the world do I have to go bid on what's already mine? Why do I have to go bid on what's already mine? And God is saying to Hosea, that's the only way you're going to get her, dude. You got to bid on her. Do what I tell you. Put your bid in. Don't stand there like you all that. I told you what was happening when you went down there. I told you what to expect. She's in the arms of another man. And you got to go down there and see all this, and you got to love her out of his hand. And guess what? I hope you got some money in your little old bank account. Because <laughs> you got to bid on her just like the rest of us. And I can just see Hosea just, people are, maybe that they knew him from the church. Maybe he runs across some church people or some of his peers, uh, maybe another preacher, that, uh, a deacon or somebody that went down there. Maybe, maybe he bumped into a deacon that wasn't looking for his wife. Can I get an amen? I'm trying to help y'all. We, we crazy in the body of Christ. Like, what is a deacon doing down here? Maybe they bump into each other. It's like, uh, uh, what you doing down here, Hosea? You don't belong here. And Hosea, I was going to say the same thing about you, but at least God sent me down here. Why are you here, Deacon, deacon Jones? What's up? Come on, we crazy. Can I get an amen? And I can see someone saying, who are you? What are you doing here? And who are you expecting to take home with you today? And I can just see out of his disappointment and his pain, he clears his voice. <clears throat> Excuse me, sir, but I'm here to take my wife home. I'm here to come. I came to get my woman. Can I get an amen? And he said, excuse me, you, you came to bid on her? This is what you came to bid on? There's not much left to bid on. But get in line and put your bid in. And, and, and Hosea says to him, I bid 15 shackles of silver. And maybe some old boy that's already got to say, no, no, no. You got to do better than that. I've already bid 15. And he says, I'll double it up. I'll bid another 15 because I came to get my woman today. And so he annies up and he goes double. And he gets, he gets Gomer down off the chopping blocks. I want to make it nasty and dirty. And here he is, bringing this woman down who doesn't look the same. She doesn't sound the same. She doesn't smell the same. But God said, you go and love her anyway. The body of Christ has got to learn this love. Go and love her anyway. 
Go and bring her back. Don't replace. Don't replace. Can I get an amen? amen? Restore it. There are some of you right now, you've been kicked out of some places instead of being restored. And I'm telling you right now, it's time for us to hold our ground. It's time for us to show love in the body of Christ. It's time for us to restore. After all, the name Mosaic means a bunch of busted, broken people that need to come together collectively. Can I get an amen? That's what it means, putting the broken pieces back together. We don't, why would you come into this church right here and get kicked out or get told about your past? He could have went in and said to Gomer, you know, I'm going to go ahead and bid on you, but let me tell you about yourself. No, we don't know no people like that, do we? I'm going to go ahead and help you. I'm going to go ahead and loan you this money, but, man, you already owe me money. I, you know, you won't pay. You ain't paid me back the last money I loaned you, you know. I know what you're saying. Come on, somebody. He couldn't start telling nothing. Look, I, I've come to you I don't know how many times, Goma. I've come to you time and time again, and here you are again in these brothels and acting like a harlot and a prostitute and a, and a whore and a hoe, and here you are again. See, he didn't go telling her about herself. Oh, we will tell each other about ourselves, won't we? We will lay it on the line. The last thing Goma needed to hear was, you a prostitute. She already knew that. Encourage me. It's kind of hard to do some encouraging right there, isn't it? It's kind of hard to do some encouragement, isn't it? When somebody is in that state of mind, what are you going to tell her? What are you going to tell her? You tell her what God told her. You come and you show love. You come and tell her, I came to restore you today. I can see Hosea just wrapping his arms around her. She's just scantily dressed and don't look right, don't smell right, don't think right. And she's got her head hung down. But there's something about the voice of, of, of a man. If you know, how many of us know you? How many of us are married in here? How many men are married in this place? How many women know his voice when he speaks? Amen. You know his voice, don't you? Amen. We ain't getting no new TV. You know his voice is my point I'm trying to make. I can see Goma right now with her head down. She's in shame right now. And she hears the voice of her man who's come to take her home. And she says in her mind, he's found me again. She knows his voice. He's found me again. And I left him. I was the one that left him with the three children. I was the one who went out and, and began to prostitute and sell my body. But here he is again with his money sack wide open and putting his bid in for me. That is a type and a shadow of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you today, the devil needs to know that Jesus is the highest bidder today. He is the highest bidder. And oh, by the way, Missy and Mr. Such and Much, you were not in so put together yourself when he found you, were you? You were not that put together when he found you with a needle in your arm, with a bottle in your hand, with pornography playing on your... Come on, somebody. You wasn't all that put together when he found you lying, cheating, stealing, and not putting tithes and offerings in the plate. Yeah, I just thought I'd throw that in my note. I'm, I'm meddling right there. I'm bothering people right there. Amen? And so now he's, he's going to take her home. He takes her home. This is a messy situation. It's a heart-wrenching situation. 
But the Bible says in, in, the, in the book of Psalms, chapter 24, that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. In Psalms 121, 1 and 2, it says, I lift my eyes to the mountains, which does come my help. You see, she's ashamed now and can't lift her head, but I lift my head to the hills which cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord, and my help is here. Somebody say, help's on the way. My God, when, when Jesus Christ came down through and hung on the cross, and it, when, that, when that curtain in the temple was split in two, and Jesus said, it is finished. That means right there that the salvation is complete, and, the, and, and, and everything that God said I could have belongs to me. Now, we've walked away. We've been silly. We've been just like this woman right here. But he goes and he takes her back. Go again, Hosea. She's at it again. How many of us have been at it again and again and again and again? Can I get at least one hand in here? And the rest of y'all are lying. <laughs> but God comes and he takes us back every single time, doesn't he? Every single time. Again, he's the God of the first chance and the third chance and the 39th chance. He's a God that will never fail you. He said that I'll never leave you. I will never leave you. For you are the head and not the tail. You will be blessed coming and going. If I be for you, who can be against you? You have been made more than a conqueror. Well, preacher, you don't understand. Oh, stop it, lady. Stop it. Stop it. Just come out and own it. Own where we are today and say, God, I need to be restored today. Amen. Own where we are. Own your hatred. Own the things that so easily beset you. Own your secret sins and Jesus is coming to get you today. Who are you going home with today? Are you going to stay on the chopping blocks or are you going to go home with Jesus today? I came to talk to the sinner today. I came to talk to that woman. You've got your little secret sin. And that man that said, well, I'll get it together next time, preacher. <laughs> no, today is the day of salvation. Not next year. But preacher, you don't understand. I'm so hurt. I'm so humiliated that I, I want to, but I can't. Yes, you can. I don't think your deal is any worse than Hosea going down to the chopping blocks of the whorehouse and untying his woman and saying, honey, come home with you. Your man is here. I came to get you. I know what you've been doing. God told me. He, I didn't have to guess. I knew before I came down here that you were getting the hookup. Can I get an amen? amen? I already knew, but I'm here. I came to take you home. God has sent me here today to bid on you, and I'm going to outbid the devil today. I'm going to bid that Jesus Christ is bigger than anything else that's going on in your life. I'm talking about an exchange today. I'm talking about God restoring you opposed to replacing you. There are men out there right now, come on, if you've been married like I have a hundred years, you got your own little deal going on in your head about what life should be like. I've been married to that woman right there forever and a day. Forever and a day. Divorce has never been an option but murder. <laughs> but there's just something about restoration. We've been through it all. We've been through sickness. We've been through pain. We've been through putting our kids in college, and we've been through financial burdens. We've been through ups and downs, but at the end of the day, his grace outweighs all of that stuff right there. His mercy outweighs all of that stuff right there. 
I mean, forever and a day, I, I would not know what to say to another woman. Can I have your number? I lost mine. How lame is that? And most women would be like, uh, keep looking, brother. Listen. I'm, I'm trying to help you. Amen. Somebody say the great exchange. And so he takes her home. And I can just see them getting up in the morning, perhaps trying to put all this in perspective. And I can see Goma looking into his eyes. And I was doing a thing on dilating eyes. And, and I did a little study on it. And it says when two people are looking at each other and the eyes begin to dilate, they believe that the intimacy is coming back. Ooh, somebody going to go home and start looking at each other. Your wife going to go. Y'all going to be like, look at me, honey. She's going to be like, please, the game is up. I'm trying to hook a brother up this evening. Can I get an amen? Let's get up there and say, but I could just see Hosea Goma looking into each other's eyes and the love begin to come back because the eyes, the pupils are beginning to dilate now and the love is beginning to come back to that house right now. They ain't talking about what happened yesterday. He's not talking about his trip down to the whorehouse. He's talking about his future and not his past. Can I get an amen? Woo, I came to help somebody. I came to help somebody today. Boy, y'all going to take them dilating eyes too far this evening. <laughs> I can just see you going home. Your wife going to be like, you get some sand in your eyes or something? <laughs> Put your goggles on when you're running the weed eater. <laughs> Somebody say the great exchange. Somebody can come to the piano or the keyboard right now. I want to pray over some people or uh, uh, some music. I don't want to preach long. I want to preach strong, and I want to pray over some people. Amen. Uh, John 4, 10 and 14 says, I came that they may have, John 10 and 10 says, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come that they may have life and have it what? Abundant. An abundant life. Can I get an amen? amen? And the reason would be an abundant life. Jesus gives his life in exchange, and he took your death for you on the cross. And Isaiah said it this way. But he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. That's a great exchange today. And here's an exchange. Jesus got the wounds for our transgressions. Jesus received the bruises for our iniquities. And we got his peace. And Jesus got the chastisement. Jesus got the stripes, and we received our healing. Jesus gets our sin, and we get his righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on your behalf and my behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God. Amen. Boy, that's a great exchange. Amen? We could go on and on and on, but I want to pray over some people today. As you bow your heads with me this evening. It's right after noon. I'm going to take a few more moments. When you bow your head and close your eyes, and here's what I want you to think about today. I want you to think about this woman who needs to be restored, and she's down at this place, and Jesus comes to get her. I'm telling you right now, whatever your situation is, and Jesus came to take you home. If you're under the sound of my voice today and you say, Preacher, I need prayer, I want you to get out of your seat right now and come. I'm not going to tarry. It doesn't matter if it's one, none, or 50. You're saying, Preacher, I need 
to change my heart today. At this moment, I want you to lift up out of your seat and come. And I'm going to pray over you for a few moments saying, Preacher, I need Jesus, man. I need to change my attitude. I need to change the way I've been thinking. I need to stop being a hater and become a, a restorer. I'm giving you that moment for, to come right now. And if you walked away from Jesus and you don't know him as your personal savior, right now is your time to come. So I'm just going to ask you to get up out of your seat. Everybody stand with me right now and stretch your hand toward heaven. If you want that prayer today, I'm sitting aside a special time to pray because Goma went home with her man. Who are you going home with today? I've come to bid on you and bid on your life today. I've come to bid on your well-being. Who are you going home with today? I'll give you a few moments to think about it. I want to pray over you. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, this is that time when you can come and we'll lead you to Christ. Now, I want you to stretch your hands toward heaven, all of us. Father, you see the hands there, the multitudes. The hands are in the air today. I pray over them today, Lord God, that they cannot go far enough that you will not reach for them. That, Father, they cannot do enough that you would not stop. Like you did with the man on the cross, you were not so busy that you could not exchange his death for life. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your paradise. And Jesus said, not next year, not after a while, but he said, this day you shall be with me in paradise. He stopped in the middle of his dying to change, to make an exchange, death for life. And that God is still on the throne today. That God is still waiting right now to touch you and to raise you up and put you in a different place. I pray over every woman under the sound of my voice. You said, preacher, I would, I would go ahead and get in another relationship, but I don't trust another man. If that's you today, I, I really want to pray for you. I'm just going to tarry a few more moments. Because I feel God is talking to our hearts today. Collectively, if that's what it is, it's all right. I just stay in prayer today, God. Raise up women in this church, Lord God. Raise up some women with some backbone. Raise up some women, Lord God, that can withstand the storms of life. And I think about my 90-year-old mother who raised 15 children and taught us how to go through every storm. And mama made it through the storms of Harvey down in Texas. And I'm telling y'all right now, God is still on the throne. In spite of what MSNBC and constant negative news got to say CNN, God is still in control. And so, Father, right now as I pray over them, as our hands are stretched, come on, don't drop your hands yet. Give me another minute. See, you're already tired and you envisioning a hamburger. I want you to envision some, some healing today. Envision some, some being set free. So, Father, right now, I lead them with them, this prayer that the rest of your lives will be the best of your lives. And that if God be for you, no one can be against you. He's an awesome God. Mark, is that you back there? Come here, Mark, just for a second. I don't want to put you out on blaze, but come here for a second. Come up here. I'm going to show you off for a minute. As Pastor Rick's going to come in a moment, but I got to show you. As I look back, this is one of the first sheep that I ministered to in a place called prison. One of the very first sheep. And I'm telling you, I know his story that I will not reveal, but I know 
that God is a God of restoration. Mark has got his, his family back. He's got his stuff back. He's got a good job. Got an incredible vehicle. He, he, he's, got, he's, even got a, he's even got a credit card with his name on it. Come on, somebody. And so right now, stretch your hands as Pastor Rick comes. Father, I thank you for Mark, Lord God, who is an illustration that you are a God of new beginnings. And that, Father, he's not ashamed of me bringing him here to say that God restored him and did not replace him. And so, God, I thank you that my eyes met his eyes today. They were not dilating, but they met. And so, God, I thank you today for Mark, God, and what you're doing in his life. And so, God, take Mosaic Church to new heights. Take us, Lord God, that we may soar over the top of Oklahoma, Lord God, and we will take it by storm one at a time, one by one by one. We'll go and we'll bring them in and we'll put the highest bid in. And for those of you that are watching right now, God is still on the throne. And so we invite you to come and see how God is putting us back together, one woman at a time, one man at a time, one boy at a time, one girl at a time. And so, Father, we honor you and we thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, Lord. <laughs>